0: Well...
1: Welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, The Spirit of Boston, or maybe if you're listening on Sunday night, AM 1260 WBIX. My name is John Paul, the Car Doctor here to help you with your car problems and talk about some fun stuff coming up in the future as well. Uh, we look at a variety of different uh, topics and subjects. Remember, you can find past programs on my podcast site, which is johnfpaul.podomatic.com, or you can search on iTunes and Stitcher and all those other places, or you can find older programs on WROL radio.com there's some over there too um, and there's also a website called podcast p o d c a s t s Dot com and if you search for Car Doctor, there will be some programs up there. So a variety of places you can find old programs. You can always read the column, Car Doctor column in the Boston Globe on Saturdays and the Providence Journal on Saturdays. And when I'm not too lazy to do it, if you go to uh, the Worcester Telegram website, you'll find uh, you'll find the column there sometimes too. And I think that's about it. I'm exhausted already. Hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Uh, It was. uh, It seemed like it went pretty quick. Hopefully, you didn't get too uh, too involved in uh, holiday shopping and so forth. So, unless you were buying Karen something, then you know, buy buy everything you want. But with us on the phone is Matt Gottlieb. He is the he is from Palmer Motorsports Park, and Palmer Motorsports Park is. well, it's a it's a new big deal, and the closest thing I can think of is uh, it's a it sounds like a real fun place to go hang out if you have the right cars to hang out. Matt, good morning, and welcome to the Car Doctor program. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Well, tell us, you
2: know, tell us what Palmer Motorsports is. So it's really the first uh, private road course or racetrack in Massachusetts. So it's at exit eight off the Mass Pike, and it's a two point three mile. Racetrack that basically is is open to car clubs that can come and rent it. So if you're a member of uh, Porsche Club or BMW Club or uh, or there's many different clubs, even some motorcycle clubs that attend, and you can come for a few hundred bucks and basically drive your car as fast as you want. You know, no speed limits, don't have to worry about oncoming traffic and that sort of thing. And then we also have uh, a private membership club. Where instead of having to come with all these car clubs, you can actually come more on your schedule about 35 days throughout the year. You can come and basically enjoy yourself um, without speed limits.
1: So this is sort of a country club for car enthusiasts.
2: Yeah, you know, it ours is more the Palmer is more about just everyday drivers. You know, it's not so much of a, a country club feel. Okay. No, it's, it's not, it's not the. The golf course resort type, it's more for enthusiasts that really love to drive. Everybody that's involved there is, is just car enthusiasts, uh, squared away and, and really just, uh, not overbearing kind of country club. It, you can, you can bring us a regular Mazda Miata or you could bring a Ferrari. So, you know, it doesn't matter what you drive as long as you're there to have fun. Um,
1: And I've seen, I guess, something similar to this Monticello up in uh, Catskills.
2: Similar right here? Uh, Not really. I mean, it it is a racetrack. Mm -hmm. um, But Monticello is a lot more high-end, basically. So Palmer is open to basically renting the track to car clubs. So, really, you can come... As a non-member it, to Palmer, if you wanted to, we have open lapping days where, for 350 bucks, If you're a, a qualified driver, you can come and, and run on the track. Where Monticello uh, is more closed to the public, they don't really have any open days unless you're a member or a guest of a member.
1: And so then it's like $350,000, $2, right?
2: Yeah, the price is price. Definitely is, is quite a bit different. Yeah. Uh, and, and they cater to a different crowd as well. You know, their, their, uh, their prices are, are quite a bit more expensive. Mm. But they are, they do have a lot more amenities and clubhouses and things. You know, we're, we just opened last year at the beginning. So opened in 2015. So we're still in the growth phase. You know, this year we added garages and carports where you can basically park throughout the day and we actually have winter car storage. And uh, we added some bathrooms and showers and kind of facilities will be coming online each year as as members and as the facility grows.
1: Yeah the one thing I will say about the the sport itself uh, again, I, I I'm only a little bit familiar with Palmer I mean with um, Monticello rather than Palmer, but um, what I found was I was noticing there was a there was a a club event of some sort going on up at Monticello and there was somebody with a very expensive Porsche who was, who was on the track with somebody with a not so expensive Miata but at the end of the day they both were just guys who were out trying to make their cars go fast and enjoying how their cars improved with the tweaks they made to it. So I think it kind of brings people together at the same time.
2: Absolutely, and you know something that happens is a lot of people that are new to the sport that haven't been in it for a number of years that may have a, a nice sports car that's great on the road in terms of you know it feels fast and it feels like it handles well, but as soon as you take it onto a closed course with other cars that have more dedicated parts for the track. You know, say a Mazda Miata Mm -hmm. that's dedicated for the track. You know, you trailer it there or or you drive it there, but you have it set up for the track with sticky tires and and rough suspension. You know, a lot of times a Miata will go around the track just as fast as a new Corvette, you know, from the street. Mm. And they're totally different types of cars. And, of course, the Corvette will blow by the Miata on the straightaway, but it's through the corners and, and through the skill of the driver, that is what drives people to basically drive a slow car fast instead of a fast car slow.
1: Yeah, there's no fun in driving a fast car slow.
2: Right. Exactly.
1: The um, how uh, what what was the you know what was the um, I guess the started this what what made what made you folks decide that you know this would be a good idea for Western Mass.
2: So this idea was actually started by the SCCA, which is kind of the largest car club and, and group of, of car enthusiasts in the country. Mm-hmm. There's SCCA and there's NASA. Uh, those are the two big kind of yeah. amateur road racing organizations. And so NASA, I mean, SCCA uh, actually bought the property and went through all the approvals. And after a number of years, maybe 10 or 12 years, it was quite a long time and they got it through, and then it kind of went stagnant because they're, they're just a car club organization. They're not a private fund, and they don't, uh, you know, have the money to build a, a racetrack. And obviously there, uh, if you look at the pictures or if you've been there, it's, it's carved out of a, a mountain of rock. So, the, you know, there is uh, quite a bit of construction cost just to pave a road, but mm. then to carve it out of a mountain uh, you know, it's, it was, it used to be called Whiskey Hill, or it's still called Whiskey Hill, and, uh, there's, it's just granite all, all throughout the mountain there. So, basically, the SCCA sold it to, uh, Fred Ferguson, who's the owner right now, and, uh, he was able to, to get, get it together to start the construction.
1: No, it sounds like it sounds phenomenal and I think whenever people can get together and do it safely. I mean, that's always one of the things. Every once in a while you see a car that, you know, definitely looks like it was set up for track use on the street and you know they're sneaking out late at night to, you know, see if see if their improvements made any changes. But to be able to do that in a safe environment where you're not going to get arrested I, I I think just makes all the sense of the world. While we're talking to you, I'm kind of staring out the window at uh, Subaru WRX, and I'm thinking, you know, there's there's a perfect candidate for somebody who you know thinks about. Well, you know, I bought this car because it handles great. It's got 300 horsepower on tap when I want it, uh but yet I want to make some in- improvements to it and to be able to bring it out to a track like Palmer and really see whether you know tire pressure makes a difference. Tires make a difference. Uh, okay, I put some new sway bars on it, I changed the suspension up a little bit, and see how that made
2: a difference.
1: Uh, That sounds like a weekend worth of fun.
2: Right. It's really, it's one, about safety, and it's two, about uh, that adrenaline and that experience that you get from driving that you just, you you cannot achieve on the street. You know, with other traffic, with the road conditions, with uh, everything going on on the street, it's just impossible to to have that amount of of confidence that there's uh, not going to be another car, or not going to be a turtle in the road, or something yeah. uh, where you can can actually drive the car fast. And uh, so, it's safety and that experience of it. And, yeah. Well, you yeah. mentioned a, a Subaru. I, I actually raced a Subaru, so that's that's exactly that's exactly it. You know, it's it's. I wish that when I was in high school, uh, I knew about. A place like this or, or or had a place like this close because you know i i did what you said i started putting parts on my car and started kind of you know being uh, irresponsible on the road and it wasn't until kind of a couple of years later that i realized that there are inexpensive ways to go and have a lot more fun without mm. the risk
1: yeah it, it really sounds it well let's talk let's talk about price um you know, Karen. Karen's waiting to get her new uh, her new Miata for Christmas, uh, producer, and um, you know she wants to she wants to see how it's going to handle on the track. What tell us about like if she wanted to become a member versus kind of an open track day?
2: Sure. So right now we have uh, this is our first year offering the membership. Mm-hmm. So there's two levels. One level is called a club level, and it's got a one time fee of seven thousand. And then annual fee after that of Mm
0: $3,000.
2: And basically that allows for 10 days a year and it is uh, a lifetime membership. So, you know, it continues uh, and if you ever move across the country or you don't, you just can't do it anymore, you can transfer it to, you know, a a family member or or you can resign and and, and there's no no harm, no foul. Mm -hmm. And so that's 10 days a year. And then the next level is our premium level, and that basically allows access to all of our member days, which is at least 30 and probably closer to 40 every year. Mm -hmm. So those are full days, and we also have evening hours some days after car clubs. So when a car club is done on a track at, say, 5.30, we have still three hours of daylight during the summer. So we open up for members to come and drive you know, after work so they can get out on a Friday or a Thursday and, and come out and, and get, still get two hours of driving in. Is there
1: anything that's not allowed on the track? I mean, you said motorcycles can – can I bring a hot go-kart to the track?
2: So basically, the during the car days, it has to be uh, a car. The only real restriction is that it can't be an older convertible that doesn't have some sort of rollover protection. Mm-hmm. So if it's a newer vehicle that has factory rollover protection, that's okay. But anything that's super old, that's a convertible, um, that's the real restriction. Motorcycles are restricted to the motorcycle days themselves. Mm-hmm. So there are uh, motorcycle clubs like Tony's Track Days, and they basically rent the track, mm-hmm. and you can come with your motorcycle uh, on those days. And the biggest the biggest benefit for members really is. The no hassle of coming and getting there early at some some car clubs start at their tech at 7 or 7.30 in the morning and then you basically have maybe between 60 and 100 other drivers there that day.
0: Mm.
2: And you get 25 minute sessions kind of sporadic throughout the day. So maybe 4 or 5, 25 minute sessions throughout the day.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: On a member day it's basically open track all day. So you can drive as much or as little as you want, and you know there's no pressure to get there super early. You can get there at 9, 30, 10 o'clock. Drive for a half hour, take a five minute break, then go back out for another half hour. You don't have to wait uh, and have that. So there's a lot more time available to you, and and that's what makes it uh, attractive.
1: And you said if if it was a car club that wasn't necessarily a member. They can still talk to you folks about renting the track for the day.
2: That's right. So our, our business, and where, where it's different than, say, Monticello, or um, it's more similar to, like, New Jersey Motorsports Park. So the other days that aren't member days, car clubs like BMW Club or um, SCBA and any, any group organization that has a, a club and has mm-hmm. insurance, they can rent the track per day and host their own events. So we do that. We also do corporate events. So we have a bunch of cars that people can actually rent um, and and drive, you know, have a fun day as an outing kind of thing. And then we also have our own lapping day, which is basically like a car club day, but it's hosted by us. So it's for uh, the people that maybe can't make a car club day or aren't members of a certain car club, and they just want to come on their own and and uh, and do a track day. So yeah. we do those about once a month. And have
1: the, have the new vehicle manufacturers found you yet? Have you had any like you know Cadillac days or Ford days or Mazda days so on the track yet?
2: We've had some conversations, and I think that they'll be coming uh, this year. There'll be there'll be some events, or next year there'll be some events. Uh, but it is it is new and relatively unknown to yeah. a lot of the bigger companies, and they kind of have their. Places, but once they, you know, saturate a market, then they look for, for new areas to expand. And and they also like to see uh, hospitality areas and things, and that's an area where we're growing, and we added the garages that they like and, um, you know, added uh, some hospitality mm. and bathrooms and that sort of stuff that, that they really need to, to have on site.
1: Yeah, because there, there isn't anything up around Monticello, is it? You know, other than they, the track is nice, the, the grounds are pretty, but there's... Not a lot yeah. else around there.
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm actually. I grew up in that area, yeah. and uh, you know, it it's, depends what traffic is like from the city, but uh, uh, but it's it's a growing area yeah. you know, over there. There's a new casino that's being built. Oh, okay. so it's definitely, it's definitely uh, an attention a place that's getting attention in, in this coming time. So, were you in the
1: Were you in the movie Dirty Dancing too, or? No I, no, I think that's a bit before my time. Oh, okay, because <laughs> did that didn't that take place up in that area?
2: It did, yeah. At yeah. yeah. one of the, the hotels that uh, now looks like a jungle. Yeah, you know, all, all the old hotels that those things were were, were filmed at are all yeah. shut down.
1: Yeah. Hey, and uh, how about uh, website information for people that that people want to find out more information? Maybe people are even thinking about, hey, this would be a this would be a fantastically crazy holiday gift for somebody.
2: Yes, yeah, so we have palmermotorsportspark.com is basically the website that has all information about the track and uh, the events that are hosted. So if you're interested in going to a motorcycle event or a car club event uh, or one of our lapping days, that's, that's where you go. And then there's a link through there to palmermsp.com, and that is kind of dedicated to the club aspect and has all the information about the club membership programs.
1: Hey Matt, I want to thank you for taking some time out of your Saturday and joining us over here in Boston. And uh, best of luck with the track. And I gotta, I gotta come out and check it out maybe in the spring.
2: Yes, uh, look forward to having you out. It'll be a great time. We'll get you in one of those Miatas and get you out there passing uh, a Corvette. And there you go. Hey Matt, thanks. Take care. All right, have a
3: great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye bye.
1: Bye. That was Matt Gottlieb. He is uh, from Palmer Motorsports Park. I, I heard about uh, actually one of the folks from Palmer is a member of the Newland Motor Press, and I didn't think much of it. I, I didn't actually know what it was, but then the more I did a little bit of reading about it, the more interesting it became. So uh, just, a, a, you know, it just sounds like a, a fun event if you're an enthusiast. You just want to go out and hang around and watch, um, you know, and just uh, take a take a ride uh West of Boston and find out find out what it's all about. Why don't we take a break, pay some bills? My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor program. A little bit later, we're going to be talking to documentary filmmaker Nate Adams about his uh, new documentary, "The Twenty Four Hour War" about Ferrari and Ford. Well, it's coming up next or soon. We'll be right back.
4: i am Mercury or two, cause I'm crazy about a Mercury Cruise up and down this road, up and down this road I'm going to buy me a Mercury now Cruise up and down this road, up and down this road You know that girl I love, I stole her from a friend Stole her back again Because she know the had a Mercury Cruise up and down this Road Up and down this road Because she knows the had a Mercury and she Cruise up and down this road
5: Dr. Denton Lots, Senior Pastor of Tremont Temple Baptist Church, invites you to listen every Sunday morning at 8:30 a.m. for a word from the pulpit of Tremont Temple, right here on the Spirit of Boston 950 WROL. You're also invited to enjoy warm worship and fellowship every Sunday at 11 a.m. in the sanctuary of Tremont Temple, 88 Tremont Street in Boston City Center. Tremont Temple's podcasts are available 24 seven at wrolradio.com and wezeradio.com.
6: Licensed in all states. Product availability varies. Agents may be compensated on enrollment.
5: Michael
7: Stahl is my guess. He's the vice president of health markets. Health markets is trying to make this crazy Medicare system easier to understand. Would you explain how it works?
5: So Health Market offers a free service with access to thousands of Medicare plans nationwide to help folks maximize their benefits and save their money. Enrollment in the right plan is not automatic. With so many Medicare options out there, it can be confusing. So my advice is to don't go it alone. Get unbiased help to help find a plan. It may cost less. It may cover more with lower co-payments, more choices like dental and vision care, and the freedom to see the doctors you choose. Best of all, Medicare assistance is free. Our licensed agents can do the work for you, making the process really easy. The Medicare enrollment deadline is only weeks away, so it's important to act now.
7: Call Health
6: Markets today. For your free Medicare assistance, call 800-246-3290. That's
1: 800-246-3290. 800-246-3290
5: when you hear these phrases where does your mind take you strolling along the water's edge a fresh breeze gently blows as you hear children laughing and playing shopping in an open marketplace where the rustle of people buying and selling mixes with the scent of freshly baked bread and music that tickles your ears and adds pep to your steps traveling with like-minded people who embody your hopes and embolden your faith in a majestic and serene country These experiences only scratch the surface when you join us in Israel for nine breathtaking days this fall. Capture the wonder of the Bible coming to life as you take the trip of a lifetime to the Holy Land. Experience Israel this coming November like never before. See firsthand how the old and new combine to create a beautiful tapestry that will revitalize your faith. Become engulfed in the beauty of Mediterranean landscapes and culinary delights, all in the comfort of four- and five-star accommodations. For cost and trip details, visit experienceisraeltour.com. That's experienceisraeltour.com.
8: WROL Boston. You're listening to The Car Doctor.
4: crazy about a Murphy. Cruise up and down this road. Up and down this road.
1: up and down this welcome back to the car doctor program on AM 950 wrol the spirit of Boston or AM 1260 WBIX, uh, let's go right over to the phones if you'd like to join us 617 770 3030 good morning you're on the car doctor program
3: hello yeah, good morning good morning car doctor yes sir Hey, good morning. Mike calling. Hey. hey, quick question for you. I had uh, four new, uh, four tires, snow tires, put on my car by one of your sponsors, well known sponsors. Okay. And I noticed that right after I did that, I took it up to a, uh, they don't do inspections, so I took it to an inspection center, and it failed because they said that a en- check engine light had gone on. And I talked to my daughter, it's my daughter's car, and she said, no way, there's no check engine light. And I noticed that all of these, like, the clock presets were, were gone. The clock is an hour and 15 minutes behind what it mm. was the they drove in. Why would they? And I called the dealership. Well, I called the yep. tire dealer. Yep. We know very well. Mm-hmm. And they claimed, no, we didn't undo the battery. We didn't touch it. What do you think? I mean, and, it certainly sounds like they did, but I do not either. I mean, there there's no... There were two cars two could exact same color, exact same car side by side, I wonder if they pulled the wrong one, I don't know, I just, mm. you know, I'm driving around this morning trying to put 60 miles on it so I can get the rejection sticker off it, is that about the right mileage? Well, it, the-
1: it more has to do with what you do with the car, so yeah. there's, what kind of car is it?
3: It's a Mazda 3, yeah. 2009, i yeah. right now, trying to put miles on Yeah.
1: yeah. Well. Uh well you should do something worthwhile with it too, Well, you're you know or you're driving around in circles. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um what happens with you don't have to there's there's a bunch of monitors that have to be set. And uh with that age car you don't have to do them all, but I think there's you have to do all but I think you can have one that's not that's not flagged yet. Uh but what you need to do is one of the things is uh, fuel level somewhere between a quarter and three quarters. If it's all the way, all the way full, the evap system isn't going to test. So as long as you're kind of you know half a tank, three quarters of a tank, you're fine for that. It's also going to look for some acceleration numbers. It's going it, to they, they look for sort of you know five to sixty miles an hour. There's a whole set procedure um, okay. that you have to sort of follow to do a quick reset, and you can actually do the quick. You know, 60, 70 miles of normal driving like most people drive is probably enough to do it. You can actually do it in about four or five miles um, if you kind of follow the directions. If you go online and Google um, uh, reset monitors Mazda 3, I'm sure you'll find the the ten steps necessary. And it's going to be, like I said, it's going to be things like, you know, drive it. 30 miles an hour for 25 seconds, accelerate to 45 miles an hour, hold that for a minute and a half, accelerate up to 65, stay there for two minutes, back, back down again. It's going to be that type of procedure. Okay. And, um... If you go into uh, you know, if you you know, you could go back to, uh, you know, I assume it's Sullivan Tire. If you went back to them and just said, "Hey, look, I don't know what happened, but can you just check and make sure? Can you just get a, somebody over here with a scan tool and check and make sure all the
3: monitors are set?" I, I would think they'd be happy to do that for you. Thank you very much. Okay. And by the way, they're a very good dealership. Excellent dealership. Well, we 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 hope so. You know? <laughs> okay. Everybody has a bad day. I mean, they had a bad day yesterday. I mean, I was standing there with my daughter when we picked up the car. Yeah. And the poor son of a gun, they they went back out of looked like a rather new Jeep Cherokee. And somebody forgot to open the garage door all the way. Oh. Do they I, I say more? That's a bad day.
9: That's a that's, bad day. That's, that's real Yeah. Bad yeah, that's uh, that's
1: too much leftover a tryptophan from the turkey or something.
3: It must be. Okay, yeah.
10: Thanks for... Take care. Oh, yeah. Bye-bye now. Uh, Let's go over to John. John. How you doing, John? Good, W. Okay, I just wanted to mention about Tesla. They sent me an email for all the people that are thinking about getting one. Yep. Uh, they're going to stop the uh, free supercharging after January 1st and only give you 1,000 miles. Right now, you got to buy before January 1st, mm. and you'll continue as a lifetime member getting the free supercharging. After that, they're only giving you a 1,000 miles worth of electricity, and there's a charge for the charge after that. That's the email they sent me. Now, is
1: that just for the three, or is that for any
10: Tesla? Anything. You've got to yeah. buy it before. i asked him if you put a deposit down for the cars that exist now, mm. now. So you, you, anybody thinking about getting a Tesla should do it before. Should do it the first, do it it first. Yeah. To, yeah. Yeah, well, my program.
1: my, uh, my yeah. boss's boss's boss, I guess, uh, yeah. he has a Tesla, but he's also ordered a three, or he's put his $1,000 deposit on it. And... Um, uh, and he's he's been you know he's had he's got a variety of um, he's kind of a car guy and he's got a variety of cars and, and he loves his Tesla he thinks it's the best best oh, car. I own yeah. one. I'm building one like a
10: rocket. Yeah. No. Uh, the sixty in three seconds I thought, yep. you know, that Disneyland. Yeah. No.
1: Fast and 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 you know well you know well thought out although it's. Um, we have a charging station at work and we've been actually having, our charging station's been acting up a little bit, which is kind of funny, but I, I said to him you know, maybe it's an issue with your car trying to take too much electricity because the one we have at work is a, is runs off a 40 amp circuit and uh, he said no, no, when I charge at work it only draws 30 amps. I can actually watch the cycle of it charging. And I said, any chance it's drawing more than that? And he said, well, at home, he said, I have a better charger at home, and it actually draws 49 amps. So it, it actually charges quicker than it does at the one we have in our parking lot. Um, but I think, you know, I, I I have to think the idea of f- free recharging at some point is just going to come to an end for all electric vehicles. Um
10: yeah, right now, you, any dealership, Nissan or yeah. any, they all give you the no charge for the charge because yeah. there's not a lot of... There's, there's, a, there's kind of still gasoline out yeah. there. I think oh, yeah. Yeah, and I
1: don't, I don't know that we'll ever see, you know, at least in... My lifetime, we'll ever see more than probably ten percent of the cars on the road being electric.
10: Well, but I, you're in California you see a lot more. Yeah, yeah, you do. And, well, 40, 50 percent of it. Yeah,
1: and, and, well, I don't think it's that high, but I think, but I think that it's, it also is a factor of the economy. You know, just more money, more electric cars. But people, people love their electric cars. I, I did a, I did a radio program up in Maine. This, uh, this week with uh, Jamie Page Deaton from uh, U.S. World and News Report. We do it every couple of months on the NPR station up there. And you think of Maine, I don't know, I, I guess I stereotype Maine a little bit. I, every other caller was about electric cars and battery hi, battery cars and uh, hybrid cars. Uh, you know, lots of interest in. Uh, what is this? A newspaper? No, this was uh, this was the, uh, the main public radio station.
10: Oh, main public radio. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so. well, I'm sold on electric cars. 1970s. Why would you want a gasoline car today? You have to have the oil changed. Is more moving parts in it. Oh yeah, uh, it's yeah. To get the smooth ride no, and and now
1: that we're seeing, you know, the the you know the Tesla, obviously an expensive car, but the Tesla Model Three, which is going to be in the what thirty thousand dollar range, I guess. The Chevrolet Bolt, uh, with a B, uh, when that comes out, you know, they're claiming you know two hundred and fifty miles on that. That's a that's a range you'll get. People were able to do everything they need to do and do it pretty reasonably. So, um,
10: yeah. Well, I, they, you they, to, I look at people at a gas station. Why are they doing that? Why don't they get rid of that gasoline car and drive an electric? Well, we sold on it. Yeah, I mean, that? The,
1: the only the only that can you know the, the one electric car I've driven recently, and this was probably a year ago, was the, the um, was a Kia and it was uh, the Kia Soul electric, and it actually had charging for. 117, 234 volts, and, uh, and, it, and it could run the 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 uh, 440 volt uh, level three charger, and it had all the adapters and plugs for it. The only issue was it had about a hundred mile range. I drove it completely out of electricity. I rolled into my driveway with just a couple miles left. It on 110 volts, it took a, it took almost two days to fully recharge. So. I, in that kind of case I would definitely need uh, uh, at least some sort of you know 30 40 amp charger at my house to be able to make it make it make sense but I was talking to somebody not that long ago in fact, um, you know we brought it up again as a subject that you know somebody says well why do I need to go plug my car in at the end of the day and I said I, and the guy I was talking to I said to him what do you do when you get home and he's a traveling salesman of sorts and he said I come home I plug in my phone I plug in my laptop I I plug in my tablet I said now you just plug in one more thing it's not that big a deal you know and, as long as, and if, as long as you can do it you can make it easy I mean you know electric cars and nice weather are perfect combinations electric cars and garages are good combinations if you are uh, if you live in new england where it snows and you don't have a garage a little
10: bit more of a hassle but so oh, this is
1: a heat know... warm up you know warm up. oh yeah, no cars. you could preset you could preset the car that you get in and it's already warm oh yeah. yeah a, a little history
10: an electric car me a, Columbia Bicycle's made a, an electric car in 1902. Call me electric car. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: electric cars have been around. Electric cars, there was a good chance at one point electric cars were going to take over from gasoline cars back in the early 1900s because um, women could drive them without having to crank start them.
10: Oh, they especially like yeah. the food, quiet. Oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, they called the uh, gasoline cars explosion cars. Yeah. Oh,
1: sure. Yeah. Well, they sort of were.
10: <laughs> Isn't that Tesla 440 volt charger, the high power, something like
1: that? Yeah. Yeah. It could even be more than that. I don't know what the super. is. That's why it charges are, within an hour. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 20, they say you can, in 20 minutes, you can do 70% of the battery. Yeah. 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 Pretty good. Hey, we got to get going. But thanks, John. Right, thank you. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Let's do one more call. Let's talk to Tom. Tom? Hello, Tom. I can't hear you, Tom. Where are you, Tom? We lost Tom somehow. He was there for a second, and then he went away. Well, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, why don't we do? Why don't we see if Nate Adams is around? That sound good? Okay. Uh, if all this goes well, the way it's supposed to go. With us on the phone is documentary filmmaker Nate Adams. Nate Adams and comedian car guy Adam Carolla have collaborated on several features, including The Racing Life of Paul Newman. But their latest documentary is The 24-Hour War. Nate, can you tell us about your latest film?
11: Sure. Uh, yeah, this is the third project that I and I've done together. Uh, it's a documentary about the history of the rivalry between Ford and Ferrari at Le Mans in the mid '60s. Uh, you know, and, and a history of basically both of the companies as well, and about the men Joe Ferrari and Henry Ford II. And a lot of people
1: don't realize that you know Ford wasn't really doing all that well in the late in the early '60s, and uh, they were getting pretty much. Uh, Trampled by GM, and especially the Corvette. They didn't have anything to, uh, you know, compete really with the Corvette. But yeah, I wasn't aware that Ford tried to buy Ferrari.
11: Yep, yeah. Ford just had a Thunderbird and a Galaxy. I don't know if you've ever seen those, but mm. they don't compare to a Corvette at all. If, if you take a look at them, <laughs> sports car wise, and they were losing a ton of market share to uh, GM and the other companies. You know, who were actually racing uh, back then because they sort of had this gentleman's agreement to stop racing in 1957, and a lot of the larger automotive companies just didn't abide by it, and Ford was trying to abide by it. Uh, And, you know, in 1963 and Henry Ford ultimately decided I think in 1961 he decided that they were going to start racing again because what was going on in the country you know, that was a big marketing slogan then went on Sunday, sell on Monday so if you had vehicles that were winning races then your vehicles were selling uh, and Ford just didn't have anything that really could compete so Henry Ford thought the easiest thing to do would be to take the greatest international racing team and, and acquire it and that would be Ferrari you know, they have won them all pretty much consistently. You know, since the end of the Second World War, and definitely they won it. You know, 55 through 64, and they didn't win in 59. That's the only year they didn't win.
1: Mm. Uh, yeah, sometime, sometime back, I had Marty Shore on who wrote a book about Ford total performance, and there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of intrigue and skullduggery going on back in that time, wasn't there?
11: Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of backroom deals and, and uh, a lot of you know, uh, and, and, you know, I can't remember what they called it when they would just sort of pass motors out the back door and get you know they, they couldn't quote unquote be in racing, but you know, Pete Brock tells the story of when he was at GM and they were working on the Corvette in the basement, you know, not telling anybody about making you know the Stingray and, and the Corvettes. Uh And, you know, it, it, I mean, it's tough because they had mandates. But, but like everyone said, it was a gentleman's agreement. It mm. wasn't the law. And then they all knew that when everyone knew it was a Ford motor or a GM motor or, you know, uh Dodge motor or whatever motor was powering these race cars, people bought those cars. So there's a lot of money at stake.
1: Yeah, it really it really was. And when you were, as you were, uh, you know, looking at this movie and 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 directing this movie and kind of putting it all together, is there any things that really surprised you?
11: Yeah, there were. You know, I mean, I, I was surprised by a lot of things, but you know, the the thing I re- you know the, the, the thing I really loved was the. Sort of fortitude and the grit of the guys who were drivers in that era. I, I just, you know, these were these were guys who didn't celebrate after every first down. I mean, these were just tough, tough, tough guys who they could almost all of them could work on the cars as well as race the cars. They, you know, they they got paid very little for a job that when you look at it statistically back in that era, you had a 25% chance of dying if you raced a complete season. So if you raced four complete seasons, statistically you should be dead. And they, you know, uh, I mean, if (laughs) you ever knew a gentleman named Brian Redman, he got burned in four different fires. And he is the sweetest person I think I've ever talked to. And you know, I, I, when I was interviewing my, him, I said, "Brian, why would you? You know, after the second fire, why why would you keep racing? You know, why would not you find something else to do?" And he, you know, just basically said, I, I, "You know, number one, I loved racing, and, and number two, what was I going to do? Go sell used cars? I didn't know how to do anything else but race." And you know, and, and that was he, he loved the race, and, and you know, you kind of do learn after. You know, this documentary in uh, Winning Racing Life Paul Newman, that was Adam and I's previous documentary, you know, you interview all these guys and, and you just realize they're, they're hardwired a little differently than everybody else.
1: So the, the drivers were, in essence, more powerful than the vehicles they were driving. They, they were, they had, you know, the, the, the cars back then were, you know, as much as they, were, I suppose, engineering marvels for the time. They were, they were pretty rough around the edges, and these, these guys had to be the same way, right?
11: Oh, yeah. I mean, they you know, the guys, first of all, they were mechanics, so they would they could also work on the cars for the most part and sort of be engineers as well. You know, Ken Miles was an engineer, and they, were, they could fabricate, and, and so, so they knew what was wrong. You know, they knew about suspension, and they, they knew, you know, they, they really knew a lot about cars. Uh, not just, they weren't like guys today who just, you know, they get in a car and they're the driver. Uh, you know, and, and the difference between racing then was, you know, I've interviewed a lot of drivers you know from from this era, like we were, we were talking to Marino Franchitti at uh, the Goodwood Hill Climb and, you know, the difference now is uh, you, when you get in the car at Le Mans, you just drive flat out from start to finish. So for 24 hours, you just pound on that car and you put, you, you put your foot down and drive. And, Back in the 60s in the earlier eras, you know, there was no way you could do that. Mm -hmm. You qualified at 750 horsepower, 700, and then you dialed it back to 600 for the race, and you still had to baby the car because, you know, lasting 24 hours was still an unbelievable feat for those cars at that time, particularly because of the braking systems and, you know, just just keeping the, the motor alive during that time because you just can't have one error. I mean, you know, when you look at the the starting grid for Lamar back during that time, like 56 cars would start and never would even have to field finish 24 hours.
1: Yeah. We're talking with Nate Adams. He's a director of a new documentary called A 24-Hour War. And, you know, I I look at this and I I looked at – you know, you go back and you look at some of the clips of you know the early days of Le Mans and it you look at that, and, it, and it's just you're right. It is so completely different than you know racing is a little bit more sterile now. It almost in a in a weird way reminded me a little bit of really early NASCAR, where you know they they were you know they were jumping out of their trucks and into their cars and racing it. And this you know as sophisticated as as this was, it was still it was still pretty bare bones racing.
11: Yeah uh, You know These guys I mean The guys like Dan Gurney And Bob Bondurant, And You know Mario Andretti Who who even raced Back then He was a rookie uh, And You know They They just talk about Like Mario Was like Yeah you just Didn't, you didn't complain You didn't mm. cry about You didn't whine about anything You just got in the car and drove And You know That's The guys Like I mean, you're going 220 miles an hour down the Molson street with no, you know, headlights that barely work at night, coming up on cars, you know, little MGs and four bangers that are out there to 100 miles an hour, and, you know, they don't really have brake lights. So, I mean, I mean these guys were, you know, there were no chicanes at Le Mans then, and, and you know, there was, it's just, it's just extraordinary to mm-hmm. me to come at And the, sort of the, also the way that these guys, like, you know, they they don't talk about it with any kind of grandiose personality at all. They're just very, they're very sweet guys. Yeah. And you just would never, you know. And I learned this firsthand from uh, Bob Bondurant, who, uh, you know, I just love Bob. He's a sweet guy. He actually taught Paul Newman how to drive. So I'd met him on the Paul Newman documentary. And I, when, I went to, when I went to interview him for this, he has a replica GT40 with an original motor in it. And you know, he said, hey, let me take you for a spin. And I said, oh, gee, sure, that'd be great. Mm. And Bob's like 80 yeah. years old. And I thought, oh, well, you know, this is, we're not going to go very fast it <laughs> got in the car. <laughs> and I almost had a heart attack. I don't usually ever let, like I never, you know, Adam cases all the time. Yeah. I, I don't get far without them i like, and I. I was it sounds terrified. like by design. Okay. Uh, the, the hot lap that Bob Bob gave me had like four hot laps, and uh, Bob is fast. Let me tell you. Yeah. And then when I got out, they were like, "Oh yeah, Bob's still you know probably one of the fastest drivers at the school, and you know, he's faster than everybody." Yeah. <laughs> it's just, and he's like, "Do you want to go again?" And I was like, "No, Bob, hmm. I do not want to go anymore."
1: Yeah, I, had, I have a friend who went out with them. Uh, they were just out on a, a, a an event ride, and uh, Bob cut somebody off. I think it was like a farmer in a hay wagon or something, and he waved to him. The guy waved back, and Bob's only, only only words were, "As long as they wave back, you're okay." So you know you can do almost anything on the road as long as they wave back you're okay and and uh, you know and I I've met him once or twice over the years and, and you're right just a just a nice guy and Dan Gurney the same way uh, first time I met Dan Gurney somebody asked me to go over and take a picture with him and he stole my wallet. <laughs> and you know, he reached in my back pocket and stole my wallet. And you know, I'm like, "Hey, hey!" You know, and it was just—it was just a—it was just a funny story. It was just kind of a character. And he was just having fun. They,
11: all those guys, yeah. I mean, Newman was just a hilarious prankster. So was Mario. Uh, they all kind of have a real fun sense of humor, you know. Mm. I, I mean, and, and like I said before, I, I think you really have to be wired a little different. Yeah. Want to, you know, to 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 have to want to do that, you know. It, it really is. Uh, it's just it's just a different mentality yeah. those guys have, yeah. and, and a different skill set too. Because you know they really, you know, they really are. They, they were extraordinary at what they did.
1: Yeah, they they really. I mean, extraordinary, fearless. And uh, you know, and like you said, they 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 were sort of the superstars of their time, but not the way they are now. And just uh, just really amazing, amazing people. As you guys were putting this together, who, who was your your audience you had in mind when you were when you were kind of putting this doc together? Uh,
11: you know, it's well, first and foremost our our stuff is for automotive enthusiasts. Yeah. I mean, that's the market we feel is very underserved, and Adam's a huge car guy, and it's the market that he loves, and these are, the you know, essentially the documentaries that he wants to make. And, you know, our, our there's just a, a big, uh, you know, to answer your question, our, our market is... I'm not a car guy like Adam is. You know, I don't don't pretend to, you know, I don't own, Adam owns 30 vintage race cars, and he races them quite as often as he can, and we have a working race car shop in the back of our production office, and, you know, he he loves cars and Mm -hmm. car stories, and that that is his passion. And me, I'm, I'm a filmmaker, and making documentaries is my passion, and for me, I wanted to make a documentary that everyone could enjoy, like, when I I mean my barometer is kind of my wife so if I look over and she's asleep halfway through the documentary then I know I've sort of failed uh, and it wives can be very honest that's right so we, we've had a few screenings and I've been amazed at how many um wives and girlfriends have come up to me and said I really love that documentary I do not like cars I don't and I'm not interested in anything about them but You know, I loved the story of Enzo Ferrari and Henry Ford and what happened between them. And, you know, the the great thing about... The other thing that I was very proud of in this documentary is that, you know, we got participation from Piero Ferrari and Mauro Fiorgari and Carlo Tazioli, which, you know, the the Ferrari guys have never participated in any Mm. documentary or anything on this subject matter. So that was a, a big... Get for us, and I think it, the documentary would not be complete without them and their side of the story.
1: Yeah, it's so, yeah. It sounds like the way you look at this, you know, it's the enthusiast. You know, they're they're going to like it, but also it's the story, it's the people, it's the chemistry that all had to happen to get this. What your title explains it right? It's a 24 five four hour war.
11: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, men, men died, you know, fortunes were won and lost, and, and, and that's how it went, you know. And, and you know, I, I think even and even back then, there, there was so much more at stake for everybody, you know, than, than even now. I mean, now you have stockholders and, you know, things like that. And back then, these were like families who owned these companies. I mean, Enzo, people don't know this, but Enzo Ferrari was never a rich man, ever, hmm. his entire life, because... He sank every cent he had back into racing, and that was his passion, and that was what he loved. And so so he never, you know, he, he built street cars for only one reason, and that was to support his racing habit. He had no interest in, in consumer cars.
1: Yeah, it, racing racing is something, and I'm, I'm fortunate, I guess, that it... I didn't ever get that bug, but you talk to people who do, and you talk to there. There was a a, a great auto writer who passed away a couple of years ago, and I remember I remember she told me about racing a Ferrari, and she said I sold everything that I had to buy this car, and I she said no, you don't understand. I literally sold the dishes in my house to to buy this Ferrari because it was something that I truly wanted to race. And you talk to people like that, and that that truly is their passion. Yeah. That's awesome Yeah And tell us about Tell us about the platform That this is going to be released on This is a This is a new media platform Chassis Media
11: Yeah It's a new platform Chassis Media Is an automotive Distribution platform And You know We have uh, Winning the Racing Life Paul Newman We have our 24-hour war doc We have another documentary That I've acquired Called The Bug Movie Which is a history Of the Volkswagen Bug Starring Ewan McGregor And It's It's you know, and I'm also making a, a deals for quite a number of other automotive documentaries and short form content and and some some episodic content. Yeah, there's there's a there's a lot of stuff coming to the platform.
1: And so, this in this documentary, the 24 Hour War, that's released this week, right?
11: Yeah, it was. It actually comes out uh, this week. Yeah, it came out on uh, Tuesday, the twenty second. So it's available now for purchase, download, DVD, and Blu-ray. And that's the other thing that I realized is, you know, the car guys like Blu-rays. And nobody ever wanted to make Blu-rays like of Paul Newman, the DVD manufacturer Mm -hmm. from our old distributor, refused to make Blu-rays. And and so that was one of the first things Adam and I decided is when we were going to distribute this ourselves, is we were going to make Blu-rays because we wanted to give people the best, possible quality that we could and the quality is just significantly better in a Blu-ray and of course on our platform uh, as of now the Blu-rays are out selling everything else two to one because obviously the car guys want the Blu-rays too
1: well you know there 's a lot of car guys that have the sixty inch flat screen sitting in their sitting in their man cave in their garage in their shop, whatever the case is and they they, they, they want this and that's and that 's one of that 's one of the things they want it so, It sounds phenomenal and I just like the idea that there 's this dedicated channel to be able to find this type of stuff and I saw the uh, I saw the release of uh, about the history of the Volkswagen bug pop up this week and some of my stuff so it's nice to it's nice to see kind of all of this coming together and um, I think you know with you as as a filmmaker and Adam as a consummate car guy uh, you, just putting this all together for people that have this just in innate interest to to just learn about this, and there's so much you can learn. It's one thing to like it, but there's another thing to come away and go, I didn't know that. I just learned something new. Just yep. fabulous stuff. Uh, so yep. it's, it, it came out this week. It's available. Uh, great holiday gift, right?
11: Absolutely. You know, the, same with uh, the Newman doc, Paul Newman and the racing like mm-hmm. Paul Newman, and the Bug movie, all those will be available, uh, you know. You, you can order them and get them for Christmas for the car guy and your family. I mean, that's that's the other part that we were excited about is, you know, a lot of guys, a lot of people don't ever know what to get their dad or their grandpa. And if they're car guys, this is a pretty awesome gift.
1: Yeah, it really is. And a website to go find out more information about all of this?
11: Chassis.com, C-H-A-S-S-Y.com. Sounds perfect. Hey, Nate, thanks
1: for taking some time out and joining us up here in Boston.
11: Hey, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.
12: Hi, this is Paul Sullivan. Thanksgiving weekend has become quite a shopping event, and now we are offering the best savings of the year. Not only Friday, but all weekend long. Just listen to this.
6: It's the Sullivan Tire Black Friday sales event, with great tire savings all weekend long. Stop in and save on Yokohama Tires. Buy three Yokohama Tires. Get the fourth one free. All stores will be open with extended Sunday hours, 9 to 3, so plenty of time to save. Again, all weekend, when you buy three Yokohama Tires, you'll Get the fourth one absolutely free. Remember, Sullivan Tire and Auto Service is your number one stop for maintenance and repair with a team of ASC certified professionals who do it all. Black Friday savings all weekend at Sullivan Tire. You don't want to miss it. Visit SullivanTire.com slash Black Friday. Peace of mind driving. You deserve it. We provide it.
12: These prices can't be beat and nobody can match our customer service. Come in during this weekend and we will take good care of you. I guarantee it.
7: Hi, I'm Kevin Chapman. You know, I make my living in Hollywood, but I choose to keep my money with the City of Boston Credit Union. As a member for over two decades, I put my family's trust in the City of Boston Credit Union with four full-service branches, including their latest in Canton. Check out the City of Boston Credit Union at cityofbostoncu.com and see how you, too, can become a member today. City
6: of Boston Credit Union. Uniquely Boston. Federally insured by NCUA.
8: 800 That's 800
13: Honda Cars of Boston is Greater Boston's neighborhood Honda dealer with over 800 new Hondas available to choose from. Just five minutes from Boston on Route 99 in Everett, our beautiful new showroom makes your Honda Cars of Boston experience even better. Visit online at hondacarsofboston.com and see all of our tremendous purchase, lease, finance, and certified pre-owned specials. Honda Cars of Boston on Route 99 in Everett is the place for great buys from the Honda guys. Give them a call at 1-800-65-HONDA. Now, let's get back to the car doctor.
1: Welcome back to the Car Doctor program. If you would like to call us 617-770-3030 617-770-3030 is how you get through and talk to us about your car, your car problems, uh, whatever's on your mind you can give us a call at 617-770-3030 Well, I wanted to do a little car review, and uh, the car review is not on a little car. It's actually on a pretty good-sized car, and that is the Ford Explorer. And when it comes to building sport utility vehicles, there's almost no company that has made as many as Ford. Back not that many years ago, Ford was selling 1,000 Ford Explorers a day. Although sales are down, Ford is still selling more than 700 Explorers a day. This makes the Explorer the fifth most popular SUV behind the CRV, RAV4, Rogue, and Ford's own Escape. Uh, the latest Explorer comes in several trim levels and engine configurations. Our road test was in the Platinum Edition 4-Wheel Drive model with the EcoBoost V6 engine. Including that in this model was heated and cooled seats, heated steering wheel, heated rear seat, and a powerful third-row seat. Uh, power tilt and telescoping steering wheel, power adjustable pedals. And there isn't that many cars that have power adjustable pedals. That was kind of popular for a while and seems like it went away. I think because it it was only a probably about two inches and maybe just not enough to appeal to people. A full complement of the latest safety features such as, such as hill descent control, active park assist, lane keeping assistant, sync voice command, airbags everywhere including a knee airbag to round out this package, navigation, terrain management, so smart four-wheel drive system, 180 degree camera to make parking easy if you don't use the automatic parking, adaptive cruise control and a great sounding Sony audio system with satellite radio. On the road, this good side SUV rides uh, well, maybe a bit firm, but that could be due to the optional 20-inch, 255-50 tires on the car. Handling was surprisingly good, probably because of the big tires. Uh, it actually feels quite maneuverable and easy to manage. Um, it it drives smaller than its size until you go to back up, and then you realize this is a big car. This is a big vehicle. Uh, the seats are generally comfortable and supportive with plenty of adjustments between the tilt and telescoping wheel, multi-adjustable seats, adjustable pedals. I think drivers of all size should find a pretty comfortable seating position. The rear seat's comfortable for adults, and even the third row isn't bad, but it's really better suited to kids. Uh, cargo area is, uh, pretty good size, about 80 cubic feet. Not real wide, but still 80 cubic feet of anything as big, um, as uh um, you know, can can you get get a vehicle with more space? Sure you can. Not many though. Uh the turbocharged V six engine in this car is the EcoBoost V six. This is the one that's found in police interceptor vehicles and things like that. It produces three hundred and sixty five horsepower and almost an equal amount of torque. EPA says you should get around 60 miles to the gallon around town, 22 on the highway. I haven't been doing quite that well. I've been averaging just under 20 miles per gallon in my mostly highway commute. The bottom line, could you make a better choice than buying a Ford Explorer? Maybe, but if you bought a Ford Explorer, it wouldn't be a mistake. It has uh, decent ride and handling, comfortable interior, all-wheel drive to get you nearly anywhere, and the ability to carry seven if you need to. Overall, the 700 people are buying Explorer every single day. Can't be wrong. So that is the Ford Explorer. If you drive a 2011 to 2016 Toyota Sienna minivan, well, you're going to get a recall notice in the mail to fix a problem that can affect its sliding doors. About three quarters of a million vehicles registered in the U.S. have this issue, and it appears as if this is kind of a fun one, I think. It appears as if that um, the sliding door is prevented from opening the fuse, the sliding door and the motor can trip. So in other words, if someone's leaning on the door and you push a button, the, the fuse can essentially, or circuit breaker can go. But I guess somehow the door can open while you're driving, which could be exciting. Toyota hasn't finalized a fix for the problem, but expects to do so in mid-January. At this time, Toyota will mail recall notices to owners of affected vehicles explaining the problem and the appropriate steps necessary to fix it. If you believe you have one of these vehicles, you're encouraged to visit toyota.com backslash recall and run a search for your Sienna using its vehicle identification number. You can also call Toyota at 800-331-4331. My suggestion is make sure everybody wears their seatbelts so they don't fall out of the car. Uh Speaking of Toyota, another issue, rust can be a problem on nearly any vehicle, but 1.5 million Toyota trucks and SUVs, it's proven to be especially bad. Now the Japanese automaker has agreed to pony up $3.4 billion, with a B, to settle the federal cra- class action r- Lawsuit related to rust. The lawsuits claim that Toyota provided inadequate rust protection on certain Sequoia, Tacoma, and Tundra models. As a result, owners say those vehicle frames can be can corrode, causing their structural integrity to be affected. Um, 2005 to 2008 Sequoia, 2005 to 2010 Tacoma, 2007 and 8 Toyota Tundra. Toyer agreed to a settlement that amounts to roughly $15,000 per vehicle. That sums based on the average figure of $60 for vehicle inspection and $15,000 for frame, frame replacement. Note, however, this isn't a recall, and Toyota isn't planning to replace the 1.5 million vehicle frames. In fact, the automaker admitted no liability or wrongdoing in the settlement. Instead, Toyota will provide compensation to owners, inspect frames for 12 years from the date they were first sold or leased, and reimburse owners who already paid for frame replacement. In addition to the $3.4 billion settlement, Toyota will also pay $10 million for costs related to the lawsuit, $9.75 million, which will go to plaintiff's attorney's. Sounds like attorneys are making money. If you want to join us, 617-770-3030. Phone lines are completely open if you'd like to join us. And uh, we'd like to hear from you. And uh, Volkswagen said, contrary to what I thought, that I thought Volkswagen would be making diesels in the United States. But it doesn't sound like they're going to do that now. Volkswagen said, you know, no more diesels. We're going to focus on electric cars. But Mazda said, oh, we don't care what Volkswagen says. We're going to we're going to build a diesel. Mazda had the best intention six years ago when it proclaimed that it would begin offering diesels in the United States. In fact, I saw one in 2012 to make its fleet more fuel efficient. But there was a problem to meet the U.S. diesel emissions requirement, which are tougher than those in Europe and Japan, Mazda-plane diesel vehicles that, would, that simply lacked any performance. Um, that was a painful prospect for the brand that was more than 15 years advertised itself. You can't, you can't use the terminology, zoom, zoom, if your car doesn't zoom, zoom. So six years ago, after a bunch of years of delay, Mazda finally introduced a diesel version of its best-selling CX-5 crossover. Sometime next year, the uh, president of Mazda announced uh, last week ahead of the Los Angeles Auto Show, he promised that the new diesel setup makes no compromises. He didn't say it, but it sounds like it will, in fact, zoom, zoom. So if you want a CX-5 sport utility vehicle that's a diesel, looks like you might be able to get one. Let's talk to Tom. See if he's here this time.
14: I'm here. Look <laughs> at that! Look at that! You're... All right, I'm thinking snow, John. What? And What's wrong thing? with you? <laughs> yeah, uh, I acquired a, a uh, from the '70s a snowblower. Lucky me, huh? Yeah. <laughs> to work on, but anyways, so it's got a Tecumseh engine, you know, any horsepower. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I was wondering is, it all right to use a synthetic blend oil in that? I picked up like a Valvoline synthetic blend. Five uh, twenty. You you if
1: uh, you will find that synthetic oil in snowblowers makes life much easier starting them. You oh, know, okay. it used to be. It used to be there was a time all we ever used was either straight twenty weight or straight thirty weight in small engines like that. Mm-hmm. And um, now everybody's kind of going to you know five twenty, five thirty, ten thirty, ten twenty, you know ten ten thirty, and using and using actually full synthetic oil and. You know, it just it makes for it makes for easier starting. That's all.
14: Okay, because right on, I mean, on the label, there's still a sticker there, and it says, says five twenty, but of course, yeah. it wasn't yeah. synthetic back then. So I, you know, I grabbed yeah. the blend, but you could no. use both synthetic. You could, you
1: right? could use full, I, you know, no. when when I get around to changing the oil in my snowblower. Which is which? I will admit, I'm not very good. I'm not very good at preventative maintenance on that stuff. Yeah, he's uh, a guy, well, though. No, it's not that. It's just I'm lazy. Um, no, you're not. You're not. And uh, and when I do, I actually put synthetic oil in it, and I find that on those cold days when you go out to try to start yeah. it, and I have, I have two snowblowers. I have one that I got in. I think I was. Uh, I think I was at uh, Home Depot in July, and it was like a five horsepower single stage one and it was really cheap and I brought it home and it worked okay but it's not as nice as having one that is self-propelled so I got one sort of in essence kind of out of a junk pile and it's an eight horsepower Tecumseh and, and I gotta tell you when I first got it I went to start it, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm gonna dis, I'm gonna dislocate my shoulder starting this thing, and it did have an electric start, and that was about the only way I could start it. I changed over to synthetic oil, and even on a cold day, it actually started up pretty easy. So with you know pulling it, pulling the rope to get it going. So yeah, yeah. The only thing, the only thing you kind of have to watch out for with some of these older, older snowblowers is they, in a lot of cases, didn't like. The new gasoline we have—that's what I was going to say. Yeah, ask. and if it's running, if it's running good, you may find that everything's everything's just fine. I had another snowblower um, that I used to keep over at my mother's house, and one day it just just didn't want to didn't want to stay running. I kind of sprayed the carburetor a little bit, tried to clean it up, played with it a little bit more. I ended up uh, replacing the carburetor, and I looked up the carburetor. There's a great little. Um, and it's not little I think it's Tom's small engine shop or something, and and I got this and I got the serial number for the carburetor. And then what I did is I went on Amazon, put in that serial number, and it popped up on Amazon, brand new carburetor in the box, made in China or something. But right. um, but it was twenty five dollars. And yeah. like, twenty five dollars, how can I go wrong? You know, it was like it was like a hundred dollars from the small engine place. And I put it on. You know, it was two screws, a clip, and a wire. And I right. put it put it on, started up, and the thing ran went perfect. perfect. So, so if you do run into a problem, you know you may find it. Don't even uh, you know uh, you know check the plug and make sure that's okay. But uh, if you do run run into a problem, just throw no, it up. it's running
14: fine. So, yeah. just, anyways, okay. I did probably pull the, yeah. the main yeah. out of the cob, the bolt, the flow. Just yep. check if everything's yep. clean, cleans it all up. Start yep. it started yep. right up, idled right down. Yep. You know, yeah, you know, I'll, you know, I'll work it out. As I yeah, I'm use
1: use on. a use a good um, use a good fuel stabilizer too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I've kind of switched over to the uh, marine version, the blue, like the stable blue stuff. And, oh, yeah, a, lot, and, a, lot of, and a lot of people like the um, the right. sea foam, the seafoam stuff, too, which is also a, another fuel stabilizer. But it's just, you know, when, when gas cans sit around like that and they suck up water and the same thing with the tank. The other thing I found, the mistake I made a couple of years ago, I got gas for my gas can maybe in August. And by the time winter rolled around, I'm like, "What's well, right. a fresh can? of, You know, it's fresh-ish." I put it in the snowblower. The snowblower wouldn't start, mm. and it would start with a spray of starting spray, but it wouldn't. It wouldn't start, and all it was was the fuel had lost its kick. Plus, it was right. summer fuel instead of winter fuel. Yeah. And uh, once I, you know, I, I took that, I took that gasoline and put it in my car. Um, and Got a fresh tank of gas, you know, yeah. fresh gas can of gas for the snowblower, and things started out perfect afterwards. So Now,
14: went the winter blend of fuel now, because that's what I'm yeah. always waiting Yeah, you're fine. You're good now. Now we are, yeah. yeah. You want to ask you one quick thing? Sure. on the, uh, the 2011 GMC uh, terrain, mm-hmm. was, I heard there was a recall. I just purchased it, so I haven't gotten it directly. So about the fuel pump. Do All you I, have anything up on that? I uh, haven't. I haven't. I mean, if it's just out. Uh, he mentioned it to me, and I just, you know, acquired it. So yeah, I, I mean, if if you go
1: to um, yeah safercar dot com, you can actually put in the actual serial number, and wow. it will tell you whether the car has been recalled. Or even better, what it does, it will tell you whether your car has been recalled and whether any fixes have been done. So. Uh, so it's actually it's actually pretty good. Oh, yeah, oh. so it's actually pretty good about that. So.
3: Okay,
1: but, great. Uh, we need to take a break in a couple minutes, so yep, I'll, okay. I'll see if I can look during the break, too. That's okay. Okay? Yeah, all right. All right. Okay, thank you. Uh, all right, take Bye. care. All right. Let's go to Tom. 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 Hello, Tom. Tom's not there. I heard voices. Why don't we take another break? My name's John Paul. This is the Chiropractor Program. We'll be right back.
9: Well, if you ever plan to motor west, I take my way, that's the highway, that's the best. I get your kicks on route 66. Well, it winds from some trouble to a limit.
5: Dr. Denton Lotz, senior pastor of Tremont Temple Baptist Church, invites you to listen every Sunday morning at 8.30 a.m. for a word from the pulpit of Tremont Temple right here on the Spirit of Boston, 950 WROL. You're also invited to enjoy warm worship and fellowship every Sunday at 11 a.m. in the sanctuary of Tremont Temple, 88 Tremont Street in Boston City Center. Tremont Temple's podcasts are available 24-7 at WROLRadio.com and weze.radio.com.
13: Honda Cars of Boston is Greater Boston's neighborhood Honda dealer with over 800 new Hondas available to choose from. Just five minutes from Boston on Route 99 in Everett, our beautiful new showroom makes your Honda Cars of Boston experience even better. Visit online at hondacarsofboston.com and see all of our tremendous purchase, lease, finance, and certified pre-owned specials. Honda Cars of Boston on Route 99 in Everett is the place for great buys from the Honda guys. Give them a call at 1-800-65-HONDA.
12: Hi, this is Paul Sullivan. Thanksgiving weekend has become quite a shopping event, and now we are offering the best savings of the year, not only Friday, but all weekend long. Just listen to this.
6: It's the Sullivan Tire Black Friday sales event with great tire savings all weekend long. Stop in and save on Yokohama Tires. Buy three Yokohama Tires. Get the fourth one free. All stores will be open with extended Sunday hours, nine to three. So plenty of time to save. Again, all weekend, when you buy three Yokohama Tires, you'll get the fourth one absolutely free. Remember, Sullivan Tire and Auto Service is your number one stop for maintenance and repair with a team of ASC certified professionals who do it all. Black Friday savings all weekend at Sullivan Tire. You don't want to miss it. Visit SullivanTire.com slash Black Friday. Peace of mind driving. You deserve it. We provide it.
12: These prices can't be beat and nobody can match our customer service. Come in during this weekend and we will take good care of you. I guarantee it.
8: W. R. O. L. Boston. You're listening to The Car Doctor.
9: you to
1: And welcome back to the Car Doctor Program on AM950WROL, the Spirit of Boston, AM1260WBIX, or Salem Radio Boston. Any one of those places you could be listening. Uh, let's try. Good morning. Good morning. Can you hear me? I can perfectly now. Great. I do It's one of those phones. Can you hear me now?
10: Got <laughs> uh, a question. We're going to be looking for another vehicle. And instead of going from dealership to dealership, We're looking for, like, a car that might be a year or two old. Mm -hmm. Is there a place that would sell a bunch of different, like,
1: SUVs? Um, There are some big dealerships, like CarMax is one. Um, they They have a location in Norwood and down in South Attleboro, I guess. And they probably have 350 cars on their lot that are all probably less than three or four years old.
10: And they would have, like, a bunch of sorted like... Yeah, yeah, they, they have a little
1: bit of everything. If you go to their website, CarMax.com, you'll find they have... And what they'll, they'll list everything. And they also, what happens is if there's something you're interested in in, say, Connecticut, or um, maybe they have a North Shore location, you live on the South Shore, they'll actually, they'll actually move the car around so you can get to it. Now, if there's one in California, well, they're not going to... They, they still won't move it, but you pay for it. Uh, right. But if it's right. kind of within the region, they'll actually bring it out, and they're also a no negotiation place. So whatever the price is, is what the price is. Do they take trade in? Yes, they do. They they're actually kind of interesting because they do the trade in separately. Um, so what happens is, I went when we were thinking about replacing my wife's car a few years ago. Yeah. You know, I I washed and vacuumed the car. We drove it over there, and it looked nice, and. Um, they said, "They said, what are you interested in?" I told them, and we were looking for a uh, Volkswagen EOS convertible because we kind of liked those, and knew they were knew they were too expensive, and used they were more reasonable. And so they looked at it, and they came up with a, a trade-in price of the car, and it was. Um, it was like I, I, I'm making up the number, but maybe it was seven or eight thousand dollars. And they said, "Here's the deal: if you want to, if you want to trade the car in, it's worth eight thousand dollars. If you want to leave the car here, we'll give you a check for eight thousand dollars, and we'll give you a ride home. Uh, and the price is good for a week or two. So if you want to trade it in, you can trade it in. If you just want to sell it to them, you could sell it to them. And then we went to a different dealership." They looked up. They came up with about the same trade-in, so everybody was pretty close within a couple hundred bucks of the trade-in price. So they do do trade-ins. They do uh, buy things outright, and it is a it is a pretty nice way to shop because there is no, you know they they have a they have a pretty big variety of vehicles. So do so they work the same way as a dealership does? Do they offer
2: financing? And
1: oh yeah, yeah, I think I think so. I think so, but. You know, this is, where, this is where I should say, well, you should always check with AAA and find out what our financing rates are. Absolutely. Yeah.
10: Now, another question, you talked about the snowblowers a little earlier. What's the definition of uh, old gasoline? Because if you buy gas so that when the emergency happens or you want to use it for the lawnmower or for the generator, how old? How old
15: is old? Like, is old?
1: How, yeah. Yeah. So you keep it once a month, take it, pour it into your gas tank, and buy fresh? That, that would actually be ideal um because then you get you know you're getting gas that's less likely to pick up any moisture and contamination uh, that would be the ideal thing you can also buy uh, and it's ridiculously expensive but you can also buy these 1 gallon and 5 gallon containers of gasoline that have no ethanol in it but it's but they're like I don't know $20 a gallon or something, oh, but there are people that do that just for sort of in case of emergency sort of things, but for for me, I just want relatively fresh gas, I think gas is considered not fresh after like 90 days, okay, yeah, but ideally, you know, if it was every month, that would be great, and, and again, the only problem I ever really had was, you know, gas will lose its you know, um, you know, we, we were talking earlier about electric cars, you know, the idea of, um, You know explosion cars which is you know what they call the the early 1900s cars um you know as gasoline gets old it tends to explode less powerfully so um you know once it gets old and then it gets contaminated with moisture you know there's less there's less activity there's less action that's going to have so i would you know i would look at that and say hey look you know here's uh you know, here's my gas. Here's my gas can from summer, and and I'm I'm going with the no snow theory, so I've uh, I'm, I'm still mowing my lawn. <laughs> I like that. Yeah,
10: I think it's good to have the grass cut short anyway. This way, the leaves blow right across
2: it and doesn't stick around. Yeah, all
1: the leaves, all the leaves in my yard uh, tend to blow right against my back door. So I come out in the morning, I have to trip over leaves. So they're trying to give you a message. I know. It seems that way. <laughs> Have a great week. <laughs> you thank too. you know. All right. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Let's talk to Vinny. Vinny. Hello. Hello.
15: Hello. Ray. Hey. Hey, Mr. Paul. Yes, sir. Uh, hi. My name is Danny. Uh, oh, Danny. A, question, a quick question for you. Yeah. Uh, I have two two Toyota Priuses. Okay. And one is the second generation, and the other one is uh, the third generation. All right. So, yeah. I noticed that uh, when I bought uh, my 2010, that's uh, three years ago, I noticed that that car was slower than the, than the previous generation one that I still have. So, and then, uh, I, the, the, the second generation is 1.5. The motor is mm-hmm. 1.5. Mm-hmm. The third generation, 1.8. So, I, I was, you know, what's going on? This car was supposed to be more powerful, you know, but well, I noticed that uh, the car is sluggish, hmm. the, the, the 1.8. And then I met a guy who has the same the same car. And he has two previous, mm-hmm. the same generation, second or third generation. He said that his uh, 1.8 is stronger and faster. Hmm. It I go, should be. What should I do? What should I do to, to
1: figure this out? Well, I would, I would go to either a hybrid specialist or back to the dealer, and I would start by test, having them test the battery because all the torque from the engine comes from the electric motor. So if the battery isn't providing enough performance to the electric motor, it's going to feel, oh. It's going to feel sluggish. Oh. Yeah, so it could be a battery problem. And the battery's guaranteed for ten years, so. But I, oh, okay. Yeah, but I, I would have them test the battery and see see what the battery tests out like. Normally, the battery will only generate a code if it's really failed. But if it's not, if it doesn't have enough capacity for whatever reason, there's not enough amperage in the battery while the electric motor is not going to perform the way it should and that's where, with, with any hybrid or electric car, that's where all the performance comes from is that instantaneous torque and even with the, even with the smaller electric motor in the Prius, still when you floor the accelerator you know, from a stop, it's all about the electric motor getting you moving and then the, the little gas engine is what you know, maintains all your speed so I would have them test the battery uh, okay.
15: Okay. All right. That's good. I'm going to do that. Okay. All right. thank, thank you,
1: Mr. Paul. Okay. Thanks, Danny. Bye-bye. Uh, have a good day. Bye-bye. Let's see if we can squeak in one more phone call if the phones don't squeak, I guess. And I just realized we didn't do trivia today. Do you want to go back? Well, oh, well. That happens. We'll save trivia for another time. So we'll do our, we'll do our very best for trivia. And I also want to thank Nate uh, I, no, there wasn't. You know, from uh, from uh, the 24-Hour War, uh, that that about war about of, of about Ford versus Ferrari, which um, their they're films, they're, they're doing this one about uh, Volkswagen Bug, which is really sort of interesting looking, and the life of Paul Newman is interesting. And just the idea they got to talk with all of these uh, people and characters and whatever. Hey, it's I think it's our buddy Boyd on the phone. Boyd, is that you?
9: Yeah, good morning. Good morning, well, so we got to make I know that. I'll make it quick. It's, I really didn't have any burning questions. I called in <laughs> about... Why don't you give me a question today? Because I, 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 I forgot. <laughs> oh, okay, well, that happens. All right. I'm an old man. I'm forgetful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, look, I am the guy who keeps asking about snow tires. Yes, sir. You. yeah you, they, you know, and I'm, I'm looking into those uh, auto socks.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and that was another thing I forgot. I went, I went to go look for it, and I never found it. Well? Yeah. But I haven't uh, given up on you yet, though. i want to do the hill climb that's not Washington. I want to go up there and you anyway. yeah, yeah, yeah. I have an idea. Start at the top and work your way down. It'll be
9: a lot easier. <laughs> anyway, I thought an ideal location for a brake a shop would be right at the base of that mountain. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, or at least, uh, or at least a uh, guy with the hose just cooling off the brake rotors. There you go. All right,
9: hey, yeah, boy, boy, boy. Okay, I'm I'm making really quick. Okay. Um, uh, as far as the tires are concerned, um, uh, I I don't. I like to read about, about tires. I'm one of those gearheads that loves it. Mm-hmm. But uh, can you recommend maybe three ones to check out? I'm just a Toyota Corolla. Yeah, I'm a. A nice job. Continental
1: makes a tire that's that's uh, that's really good too, a, a good snow tire. And yeah. uh, as as much as I like Michelin products, I, I'm not as wild about their snow tires for for no particular reason. I just uh, people people who have told me. The put on yeah. have just not been as happy, but again, they're specific to each individual car. A great place yeah. to look at a great. Well, place what to, about for a Toyota
9: Corolla? You know, like a, a 2009.
1: I, yeah, a, a, a good set of Blizzaks on all four wheels, I think would would do your do your world of good. But, uh, our, but, our, uh, but go to our, uh, go to TireRack.com. Look up the different tires that fit your car, and then look at the customer opinions. But what you have to watch out for, make sure you look for somebody who's put the same tires yeah. on the same kind of car. 'Cause too off, uh, two offer to offer a tire rack. Like the
9: tire um, okay. Yeah. The tire rack. Was good. Yeah, okay. See ya boy. Oh, okay. I'll turn it off one one real quick thing. Now, um You cut in off. whole Okay, all season tires. Yeah. Uh, generally like the continental used to have a pretty hard, real hard compound. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, sort of for uh, you know, for uh, yep. uh, extended miles. Yep. Um or long miles. Uh, but I I uh I, I Snow tires in general are they a soft compound? Yeah, yeah. Snow tires in general
1: are, and they don't even call them snow tires. They call them all weather tires now because they're a softer rubber compound, and that's what makes them sticky in snow and ice. Hey, boy, we gotta get going. Take care. Yep. Bye bye. The boom boom. And and look, and there's Paul Sullivan. He thinks he's talking, but his microphone's not on. No, I'm talking, but the microphones not on. <laughs> Well, that is true. Now you, it is. You think you were talking on the air. How's that? Because yeah. you knew you were talking because your lips were moving and there was sound coming out. It's just no one could hear it. But Well, I couldn't. Me, I, couldn't I
7: had the headphones on, so I couldn't, hear couldn't even hear it. You no, couldn't even hear it, yeah. No, Yeah, but I so. thought I was talking. Yeah, yeah. You're right. But Boyd was talking. Boyd was talking. See, the same phenomenon happens on your show that happens on mine. I mean, people are listening for you know the entire show, but they don't call until there's two <laughs> seconds left in the show. What's that, up with that? Um, we should it, study it, that as it, a phenomenon, it,
1: yes. <laughs> You could get a second doctorate's degree yeah. based in why that happens. Yeah, well, maybe. Well, yeah. What's the <laughs> trivia question? I don't know. I don't have one. Oh, I you forgot. You really I, didn't even know. I, really, I really didn't. Uh, as, you know, the, the, you know, Thursday, Thursday, Turkey, Friday mm-hmm. at work, yeah. I just... Did you work yesterday? Yeah, I did, yeah. Good for you. Yeah, you know, somebody's got, to, got support. to support the economy that isn't going out buying stuff. So,
7: oh, wait, as I was driving in this morning and heard you talking about something, a question formulated in my... Psyche. AAA is not-for-profit, correct? It is
1: a fully tax-paying, not-for-profit membership organization.
7: But did you not say that the boss three levels up is driving one of the most expensive cars available? Did you not say
1: that? I did, and he paid for it with his own money. Good for him. Because because apparently when he was telling me about his new car purchase, and he drove a Ford Taurus before that, which was a company company car, and and he said he was buying this Tesla, and apparently I kind of went, Whoa! Whoa! And he and he looked at me <laughs> and say? very and very quickly said, "I'm
13: buying it with my own money."
7: Yeah, there you go. And and
1: and um, well, the watchdog
7: within me um, <laughs> uh, alerted on that. So there.
13: Well, uh, well, and
7: yes, uh, but but uh, by the way, I'll, I'll make up for it right now. The, a AAA membership is the best Christmas present that anyone can give anybody else.
1: I I just got I just got the bill for about the eight of them that I buy
7: so <laughs> yeah. it's a, it's like
1: it's a, I, I I said to my wife one time how many well you know you know Danny and Joe and their yeah. wives and they you know, and I'm like oh, yeah I guess uh,
7: and so. it, and it goes beyond you know having them come out and jump your battery too I mean you can get movie tickets at oh, discounts yeah. you can get a whole range you can go to Disney buy the and
1: service. and if you're a AAA member and now they have this new Thing I saw it advertised coming up I think they're saying it now is if you have a 16 year old in the family they can actually get a free associate membership for the first year after they turn 16 and there was these junior memberships from 14 to 16 mm-hmm. that had all the benefits of regular AAA without the road service part because why does a 16 year old need road service You know. So,
7: the but piano, anyway the piano player must be on central time by the way it's like 2 minutes after 10 <laughs> what's going on here
1: on my on my watch that, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, well Yeah, yeah right. sorry. <laughs> I told Boyd we were cutting into Paul Sullivan time. Yeah. Boy. Merry Christmas. <laughs> see, see you on the other side of yeah. hey, it. Until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt. Drive safely, be good in your car. The very best in Irish music with Paul Sullivan and the Irish pit parade. Coming up next.